This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Just when the Patrick Brown scandal was starting to seem like ancient history, a similar problem is rearing its head in the PC caucus. Yesterday, we got word that MPP Michael Harris is barred from running again because of evidence of sexual harassment of a former intern. This came out a couple of days after he told the world he was stepping aside for health reasons. But here's what he had to say about it. I had an embarrassing, inappropriate conversation that I should not have had, you know, six years ago. The times have clearly uh, changed. I accept that. All workplaces should be free of harassment. It wasn't with a uh, an employee at the time uh, and you know I'm sorry I'm sorry to my community I'm sorry to my constituents I apologize to my family and uh, he also said that uh, nothing came of it beyond uh, the text messages but after this came out liberal campaign co-chair demanded to find out what Doug Ford knew and when he knew it Ford says he learned of the allegations Friday night and members of the party's nominations committee made the decision to disqualify Harris the next morning what's the upshot well uh, Michael Harris's wife is running for his seat okay Also in Ford news, it looks like Doug Ford is distancing himself from social conservative Tanya Granik-Allen, whose support put him over the top. She's come under fire for social media posts comparing women in burqas to bank robbers and questioning gay marriage. And uh, when Ford's office was asked about this by the Toronto Star, uh, the statement was, these comments do not reflect the position of Ontario PC leader Doug Ford or the party. And... In yet other Ford news, we just learned that as we speak, a movie about Rob Ford is being shot right here in Toronto. It's called Run This Town. Actor Damian Lewis of Homeland fame has the lead. And at the risk of being politically incorrect, yes, he has been fitted with a fat suit to play the part. So, lots of news about the Conservatives today. And on the line, we have Alim Kanji, VP of Government Relations for the Sutherland Corporation, and Elise Mills, Conservative Strategist. Hi, welcome to you both. Thank you. Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, well, Elise, uh, you were front and center with Patrick Brown uh, during the scandal. So, what do you make of this latest iteration? Well, I, I look at it maybe a little differently than other people do because the primary area of my practice is to work with people like Michael who find themselves in difficult situations, needless to say. Um, so, 
you know, I've looked at the story, I've listened to his interview a few times, and there are discrepancies there. And I think what's really, what's happening right now is there's this convergence happening between, you know, with the truth running into this want by all political parties to be seen as people that have zero tolerance for sexual harassment, of course, zero tolerance for uh, bad boy behavior. But I would ask the listeners just to look at this case a little further, and I, I'm not taking sides. I'm literally looking at, at, at uh, the evidence there that's just being supplied to all of us, which is that this person was not an intern at the time. And yes, the behavior is bad. Yes, he was a married man, uh, and, a, and not only a married man, but a, a politician who hinged his reputation on being a family man. Well, it's, I would also, let, let I, me just I, interject, if I may. Um, I thought the issue was that she said that she was passed over for a promotion after this went down. And to me, that would be the big problematic thing if he kind of, uh, I don't know exactly what was in the text, but something sexy in the text, nothing happened and she doesn't get the job. That's problematic, No. Well, I, I, I would suggest that there's, I haven't seen the evidence that the PNC has seen. So, but if she wasn't employed at the time, how could she be passed over for a promotion? A promotion means you're moving up and through. I, I'm not, I'm not pitting myself against the accuser. I'm not defending Michael Harris. Uh, but this is, some of this stuff feels oddly familiar to me, and it seems to be a repeat case. What I'm asking all of us to do is remember that feminism is making is about making sure that we're equal and that there is due process for everybody. It's, it centers in on human rights. What, what I don't like about what's happening is that anonymous accusers can go out there, male or female, and make an accusation and destroy somebody's career without the due process being involved. And so this isn't like a Harvey Weinstein. This isn't this. This is not one of the most egregious cases I've ever seen. Um, but I, I am concerned that there's this element out there where Michael Harris says she was never employed with me at the time. So how could there be a promotion? And she's claiming she was passed over for one. There's a discrepancy there. Yeah, there I sure is. That- yeah, and I think that the reaction by the by Doug Ford and the uh, Progressive Conservative Party in this climate, uh, it's expected. They're going to immediately remove him. Um, but does that make it okay not to have a proper due process? And people say, you know, in politics, maybe there isn't such thing as due process. Well, I argue there must be because you're destroying reputations. And there's no way that anyone comes back from that. Patrick Brown is never going to come back from those allegations, not in the way that he once was. And Michael Harris, maybe he'll just end up a footnote in Ontario political history. But I think it's really important that we all subscribe to defending uh, having due process. Um, Okay, Aleem, uh, what do you make of it? And also, uh, this happened apparently in 2013, and there was a letter written to the PC caucus chair. You know, the whole notion of due process, when you are a public figure, as we found out with Mr. Brown, and as we're finding out with Mr. Harris... Uh, moves at warp speed. Uh, there's no time, um, uh, and I think Elisa's point is that there should be a due process, and I think that would be um, that would be uh, ideal if it was afforded to, to folks that that um, that are working. Uh, for the public and representing the public. And the reality, I think, is, and, and I don't see this changing uh, at all in the future. In fact, I, I see a, 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 a shrinking window of time where um, 
folks are are um, have that amount of time to to be able to defend themselves in this process. You know, this has been. Um, a very interesting process. We found out on the weekend that Mr. Harris was uh, not going to seek re-election for the sake of his health and some issues with his vision and his eyesight. Um, and fast forward to Monday, and of course, you know, we're seeing um, Mr. Harris sitting in, in front of uh, uh, caucus with his caucus members uh, at Queen's Park. Um, and literally within hours after that, he's no longer part of, of the caucus. And you've seen decisive action um, by Mr. Ford and by the PC party, uh, you know, that have that has removed him uh, from from his his role as part of a caucus. And interestingly, um, we've got Sarah, uh, Sarah Harris, Michael's wife, uh, who is sticking to her plan to replace her husband out in Waterloo region for this uh, seat. And so... Uh, lots of family ties involved in this, um, and and of course, a whole the whole notion of the timing. Uh, there's no question that the opposition is going to try to expose this. Uh, the opposition to this issue, of course, being the NDP and the Liberals, of saying who knew what when, and uh, and how did this uh, how did this come down? Uh, but again, the reality is that is that Mr. Ford uh, did move quite quickly on this in removing Mr. Harris uh, from uh, from the uh, from the PC caucus. Um, I'd like to uh, throw it out to our audience and basically say, uh, do you care if something similar or, or something uh, involving sex is uh, taking down another conservative? Does that matter? Does it tarnish the brand? Um, what do you make of the whole thing? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to Aleem Kanji from Sutherland Corporation and Elise Mills, a conservative strategist. Uh, so again, Elise, you were saying that he didn't get due process but this thing was brought up to the party years ago and and basically nothing happened but i guess times are different now or and i have to play devil's advocate because you know when i work with clients that are dealing with these types of issues um oftentimes what what is reported in the media is not all the information that 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 i would have or the other side has um I would suggest maybe there there would be a question mark around the 2013 letter. She has to be able to uh, fulsomely uh, exhibit that she was turned over for a quote-unquote promotion. Again, I'm having difficulty understanding how you get a promotion if you weren't actually employed at the time. Again, I'm not defend, I'm not pushing up against the accuser, and I'm not defending Michael Harris, but these are the questions that are coming to mind when I'm looking at it. It would suggest to me, and I, and I, you know, I've worked in conservative circles for Oh, well over a decade. And, and these types of allegations are always taken very seriously, uh, at least in the experiences that I've had. But you, it is on the part of you to do the heavy lifting and to be able to exhibit, uh, as I said, uh, fulsomely that you have been turned over. Uh, for a promotion or a job. And I would suggest that if it wasn't 
pursued by the party at that time, there may not have been enough information. But when you zoom forward to 2018 and the the culture that we're living with, which is zero tolerance, that probably changed the outcome for Mr. Harris, uh, which is even a whiff of impropriety in, in that way or, or bad behavior or sexual misconduct or using your power to influence in any way, whether it's just a BBM conversation, BlackBerry Messenger conversation, or maybe a verbal conversation, it's, it's very much frowned upon and to the point where it's just completely unacceptable. I'm not so interested in what the opposition leaderships are saying because they're going to make political hay. And the comment by Deb Matthews is, was to be expected. What did you know? When did you know it? Chances are Mr. Ford didn't know anything about it. So, you know, you just have to, I, I would hope, and unfortunately, I think in Ontario in this, in this particular time as we lead towards an election and, of course, municipal elections in the fall, I, I would I would suggest that, you know, we have to try and pull these allegations and this story out of the political lens and look at it through the legal process, especially through labor law. It's, it's what it's what we try to do with Mr. Brown. And uh, and I, I don't think it went there. We, we saw how quickly it cost him um, his job. And you, and you know what? All of that said, is Ontario and our, our folks that are, as we lead up to the 7th of June, going to be concerned with uh, uh, allegations of sexual impropriety and, 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 you know, all of the stuff that's gone on over the last uh, three months? Or are folks focused in on the issues, on education, on health care, on infrastructure, on how our, our communities um, and cities are going to be run under the power of, of the province. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see whether this weighs in or not. Um, you know, looking at polling after Mr. Brown's exit, um, we did see uh, folks uh, really looking forward to, to the election and focusing in on those very issues, not on uh, the issues of, of, of one individual. Um, so lots of time still to go as, as we move forward to the 7th of June. Um, okay, uh, let's move along to the other thing. Um, it looks like Doug Ford is distancing himself from uh, some of Tanya Granick Allen's views. Uh, now, people who supported her uh, through their second ballot support to him, it looked like he was on board with their causes. And uh, they've been kind of bitter in the Conservative Party because uh, they've been shafted before. Is that, is that just what's happening again? This is an interesting situation with, with Ms. Granick Allen. Um, these comments um, that, quite frankly, I think would be um, would would not be tolerated in any party, uh, the PC party, the NDP, or the Liberals, in terms of what she has has said about. Uh, offensive uh, uh, messages around uh, gay marriage and around um, individuals that wear uh, niqabs and burqas and, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, she she has to be very careful because, you know, as you point out, Libby, on the one hand, um, you know, she did, Ms. Granick Allen did give the keys to uh, the leadership office for Mr. Ford on, on the second ballot, as we, all, as we all know, and we saw that happen. On the other hand, Ms. Granick Allen is is going to be contesting a nomination in Mississauga, uh, you know, a city that is incredibly diverse, incredibly pluralistic, under the leadership of Mayor Crombie, under the leadership of previous Mayor Hazel McCallion. And I'm not so sure uh, she is doing herself any favors to win that nomination in a few weeks uh, if, if she continues along, uh, along this, uh, this, this sort of narrative. It uh, doesn't help her 
perhaps may not help her if the PCs form government and she's looking for a responding cabinet. And so we have to be be mindful of those things if uh, if uh, if your name is, is Tanya Granick Allen. Well, yeah. Well, the interesting I, thing is that a lot of those uh, posts they're 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 old, and she might she might wish she didn't have them there now. <laughs> well, if I can suggest this, I think one of the the, the issues uh, with candidates like her is that they come out and they they're known as to be sort of rogue candidates and populist type candidates uh, in the sense that they can they're drawing on one particular issue and uh, Ms. Granick Allen really brought to the forefront the issue around sex education in Ontario. But I think, you know, what has to happen is that she's going to have to pull in a couple of advisors to help her grow as a politician. Those tweets or those those social media posts should should have been scrubbed the moment she stepped into the leadership race. And it shows, uh, and I mean this to, to be kind, it shows a, a lack of maturity as a politician and uh, the, an inability to sort of distance yourself from being a one issue candidate to being in being a more uh, you know well-rounded contributor to the political conversation in the conservative movement and I think there's there's a mr. Ford is right to distance himself because they can be brand bleed and it shows uh, a side of uh, Ms. Granick Allen that her detractors and her opponents are probably uh, uh, drooling over this morning because it really reinforces the narrative they had about her so I think that quite frankly, compared to Michael Harris, for example, Ms. Granick Allen's behavior and, 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 and social media posts and ideas around race and culture uh, is probably more concerning uh, to Mr. Ford than what's happened with Mr. Harris. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I think Elise, you're right on this. Uh, I, I do question the fact that that this, you know, the word you used in terms of scrubbing this out. Uh, anyone, anyone that works uh, for for the public has to know that your history cannot be scrubbed, and so you, you're going to be held to account uh, about things you said. I mean, this isn't something that was said. Um, when she was in, in, in public school, you know, at the playground. This, this, is, this has been said in recent times. And so um, uh, having, that, having that history scrubbed um, is, is it, if you represent any party, any politician, is going to be challenging. And I think it's, it's fair warning to, to anybody out there that puts their name forward for public office that, uh, that it's all on the table, particular, particularly issues um, uh, that, that revolve around... Um, um, uh, gay marriage and, and, and minorities as well. That that stuff's going to come back. Well, yeah. I, know, to to I, I uh, agree to with that. to Elise's. Go ahead. Sorry, I would I would agree with it. So when you compare the PNC process for conservative nominees, and you compare those who get validated or greenlit to uh, those who don't. So look at the Michael Harris thing. Look at the Patrick Brown thing, and then you look at Ms. Granick Allen. I. I have a difficulty understanding how they didn't review her background there. I mean, I think that the question goes out there, how much does the need to have certain actors involved in your election campaign to be able to prop up a certain segment of your support or your base versus, you know, doing the right and just thing. And so if I was taking on Michael Harris's case, I would be putting forward the argument of that's where due process comes in. So we may not be able to get due process in the sense that a regular 
regular employee would get with a major corporation. But I think when your behavior uh, has a tendency to, to behave in a more schizophrenic manner, and it's quite obvious that it's it's about political pandering to some degree. Uh, what is acceptable uh, for Ms. Granick Allen may not be what they accept with, say, you know, Mr. Harris. And again, I'm not defending him, but there is a huge gap there of authenticity. So I, it's not just an Ontario progressive conservative issue. I think it's every political party's issue because they haven't been able to. These are legislatures. Okay. And they have okay. not been able oh. to get the system Okay, I'm I'm jumping in because we really have to get to uh, the people waiting on the phones. Uh, So let's start with Dolores and Lindsay. Hi, Dolores. Hi, Libby. I wanted to comment on the harassment um, things that are going on. One of the things that I get very disturbed about is the ability for women to put forth their um, complaints, but not their name. And I honestly feel if it was true, they should be uh, they should be putting their name forward. And I honestly feel that people who are putting these claims forward that are not um, provable um, should, or maybe even false. Let's put it that way. They should be um, subject to some kind of fine or um, well, something. Well, she for, she had something. This person through. She had she had. had something in writing. What exactly it was? I mean, the party had a good look at it. She had something, and it was those text messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, generally speaking, you know, in in a case of assault or something, there are two people there, and it's That's difficult right. to I, prove. I wasn't uh, particularly just talking about this Harris occasion. Uh, I think in any of these harassment charges, there should be both names published and um, the due process taking place. I don't feel that it's just fair just to have the man's name published. And um, anyway, that's all I had to say. If I interject, I might be able to answer that question just from my recent experience. Um, If I, I have a tendency to agree with the caller to to a small degree in the sense that when it comes down to the more uh, and I, I don't want to you know sift out what's what's the most egregious and what's what's somewhat deemed acceptable none of it's acceptable but when you're getting down to sexual abuse so the comparison would be maybe Harvey Weinstein you I would recommend to women um, that that put that complaint forward to go to their local law enforcement whether it's OPP or RCMP or your local police department because then you are and you have the right to be anonymous that the crown will protect your uh, your identity and the other party cannot talk about it. The the outcome, if you do, is are huge penalties. Um, and I agree with the caller to be able to bat it around in the public, the court of public opinion serves no purpose. It doesn't get you to justice and any form of justice. And it's very hard to put the, the scandal back in the box if those allegations are proven untrue. But if you go through the legal process, due process happens. Okay, well, uh, some people uh, also disagree with that. I really want to get to these callers who are waiting. John in Brampton. Hi, John. Yes, hi, Libby. Go ahead. Okay, um, I, I'm not familiar with, you know, all of the revelations about Tanya Granick Allen, um, but she has made it crystal clear that she has strong religious uh, Christian values, and somehow listening to even the conversation today with, with the people you have there, 
somehow it almost sounds criminal. And, and to the best of my knowledge, having Christian values isn't yet criminal. No, she she made some extremely derogatory remarks um, about Muslims, and there are a lot of Muslims in the in the place that she's running, and uh, also against gay marriage, which some people say is a Christian uh, value, but um, it's kind of the law of the land. So I don't think anyone says it's criminal, but uh, politically prudent to disagree with it. Again, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm reasonably sure she didn't say we should take them out and shoot them. You know, this is her this is her opinion, and again, I, I believe she's she's entitled to it as a rookie politician. Uh, yeah, there's got to be a better way, but my God, it's disconcerting to 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 hear it even expressed this morning, uh, actually this afternoon, that um, you 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 can have those values, but you can't share them with anybody, and you can't let people know. Uh, you know what? My God, I would prefer honest politicians, even if they offended. Every now and again, which again, offense is the number one criminal activity um, that you can be charged with in, in Canada. Yeah, you're. Um, you, I think you're onto something there, John. <laughs> I really do. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Fred in Brentford. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Uh, okay, I wasn't really going to phone, but uh, after I've heard of all these here allegations and harassments against different people over the time. It's getting to be a little sickening as far as I'm concerned, but we just had a, a meeting down in my community, and there's eight women's ball and soccer teams that do not have a coach now because the men are not coaching women's teams. This is how far it's got to. They're scared to coach them for some stupid allegation that might be made against them, and there's more coming in. And, uh, uh, all of a sudden, you, you put an ad in the paper for women's coaches and nobody shows up. Now, here's eight teams that we know of that don't have a coach this year. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it's getting it's getting to the point where it's getting ridiculous. You know, and uh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I mean, they should be centered out and they should come forward instead of hiding behind the curtain and make all these allegations. But this, it's just scaring people away, especially men who coach these women's teams, and, and they're not coaching them anymore. Okay, well, that's an that's interesting all. point. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that with us, Fred. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, that's about all the time we have for this segment. Uh, Aleem and Elise, very quick wrap-up thought. You know, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I'd like to end here. I think when when you're unhinged and you make comments, um, you know, and this is a direct quote, that people should... Uh, not dress up like ninjas, and that's that's Miss Granick Allen talking about the niqab and the burqa issue. Um, I think you've lost your your right um, to the earlier caller, uh, John from Brampton, uh, that that you know suggested that people should uh, politicians should be able to say what what uh, what they'd like, and and I think to Mr. Ford's um, point, uh, you know, the statement that came out fast and furious. Uh, that said that it is, does not reflect the PC party or Doug Ford um, was sound. And I, and I would say that for any politician, the same stance should be, uh, should be upheld uh, across, across all parties. Okay. Um, Elise? Well, well said. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that what we have to get back down to is demanding that our political parties have a better system when they're vetting their candidates, that it cannot just be on what is in the zeitgeist at the moment, which happens to be the Me Too movement, which I 100% support and agree with. 
But when we're looking at uh, how we manage, whether it's Ms. Granick Allen or Mr. Harris or Patrick Brown, I think there has to be, uh, I expect more from those who are policymakers in this country to be able to fix their own backyard so that we're not in this constant cycle of sensationalism around what needs to be, what is a very serious issue, whether it's comments against a particular cultural religious community, which I find absolutely egregious, or it's the sexual harassment and abuse of women in politics. So, you know, it's it's one and the same for me. It's about your ethics and your moral and your character, and do we want these people involved in our political world? Okay, thank you both so much. Thank you both. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk Timmy's. Tim Hortons, the latest controversy surrounding Tim Hortons. Uh, do you like Tim Hortons? Do you still go there? Has the company dropped in your estimation? Uh, they're trying to get rid of some franchisees who are complaining about the Brazilian parent company. We'll be right back with that after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.